Hello everyone, welcome back to the SLC podcast. Uh, if you've been here before, welcome back. And if you're new, welcome to the family. So today, um, I just wanted to say Merry Christmas everybody and uh, Happy New Year's, uh, Happy Hanukkah, Merry Holidays, Happy Holidays, and everything else in between. Um, so I just want to take a time and uh, just have everyone realize that um, obviously 2021 is ending and we're approaching 2022. But let's just keep that energy going. Let's keep that energy consistent and just power right through it. All right. So today's topic um, is going to be something very niche or very dear to me is this topic of ambidextria. Um, and so I've been on this journey of trying to become or trying to learn more about like how ambidextrous people live or how ambidextrous is a thing exploring more of it and what's cool about my history and my, my backstory you could say is when I was in high school I was in the high school band so shout out to Willing High School um shout out my director anyways in that band I played French horn and I've been playing French horn since I was what 11 so it's been seven years but if you know the instrument you primarily have to use your left hand to play with the valves but then when I turned uh, 13, uh, 12 or 13, I wanted to learn trumpet as well. So I've been playing trumpet for five years and French horn for seven years. And um, in that process, kind of what I've learned is, hey, my brain works differently when I'm playing the different instruments. So I think the reason why, like, if you hear how jazz players play compla- compared to how classical musicians uh, play, the French horn is always a little bit off the beat. They're always out of tune. Something's always going on. And that's because with the left hand, it's more creative and less analytical. So the body is having a difficult time to register what the notes are playing. And with the right hand just completely still, like it's in the bell, the right hand is in the bell completely still, that my analytical side, my right arm, is completely shut off. And so I'm just going crazy with the valve. That's why French horn players take a long time to get better. But when we do get better, oh, we get better. Like when French horn players play jazz, in my opinion, it's when we're creative, when when we're swanky, because there's so many other options and variations that our brain comes up with when we're using our left hand more. And that's why trumpet players in jazz are always consistent, always playing so well, because they're using the right hand a lot. They're very analytical. But in my opinion, learning trumpet is much easier. Why? Because I'm flexing the analytical side on the right side of my body. Learning French horn is way harder just because it's the left hand. It's like um, what I'm learning about practicing uh, using both sides of my body. So I'll brush my teeth with my left hand uh, one day with my left hand. Or I'll brush my tooth with my right hand on a different day. And what that does is I'll try to think the same thoughts while I'm using different hands. But... The thoughts are the same, but it evolves differently. And so with my analytical side, or if I'm using my right arm, I'll notice that a thought will develop into, you know, okay, step one, okay, step two, okay, step three. But then when I use my left side, I will go into a thought process of, well, what if this happens? Well, what if I thought this? And it becomes more creative, and it's a different uh, exploration of whatever it is that I'm working on. And I think what's really cool about, like, mm, if you think about exploration as a whole and exploration as an idea, it's, oh, let's explore the ocean. And the vast, vast ocean is very deep. 
or let's explore at the Amazons is the thick, thick forest, or let's explore outer space. Well, I think what's very interesting is, yes, we can explore things outside of our environment and outside of us, but how cool of it is a thing that we can literally explore ourselves just at home. And um, I think what's cool is it's not a big change. There's not a lot going on, but many of us can lose insight on really what is important. Um, and in my opinion, it's one of those things where it's, hey, staying humble and be realizing, oh, I'm at home. I have these uh you know, opportunities to have great food and to really hold on to the f- foundational things that make us grateful and humble is having food, roof above of our head. And those foundational important things um, are very important. But I think once we realize, understand, wait, there's new and many ways that I can explore myself. And what happens is as I, like myself, as myself have been exploring my ambidextrous journey, I'm thinking about, hmm, you know, how this can correlate to learning new things. And what I've noticed is as, you know, people try new things, then they flex different muscles. And when you flex those different muscles, who you become as a person changes. And that's fine. It it can be a, a good change because you're flexing new muscles in your brain and you're flexing new muscles in your body. But when that happens, it's just an, uh, an exploration of ourself. What I mean by that is the longer we live and the more things that our body goes through and the more experiences that our body goes through, it's more things of when, once we register those situations, once we register those events or after we register, after we register those events, after our body digests, quote unquote, after our body digests a stressful situation or if our body digests, oh, you know, getting a bad grade in the class or you know, leaving your school uh, after a detention, and we feel those stresses are in our body. But after the stress leaves and we come back to normal, or homeostasis as I call it, back to our center, is that we realize, wait, this is a new part of me that I did not realize before that situation happened. And so when I define self-exploration is my body went through something, now how will I think afterwards? And it's vice versa. If I think something, how will my body act afterwards? And it's asking these self-questions that I think humble us, like humble us a lot more. And the fact that there's no need to, oh, let me flex a big Lamborghini or let me flex a big house or let me flex Rolex or social media following numbers. What I'm thinking about is, hey, let me flex when I'm literally in my house and I'm, I can brush my teeth counterclockwise while moving my arm uh, clockwise, you know? Or let me flex where I can just fall asleep in like five minutes. Because I think those small things um, humble us. It's humble winnings come from humble beginnings. <laughs> Does that make sense? When you, uh, I'll just say that one more time. Humble winnings come from humble beginnings. When I say winnings, what I mean is a win, in my opinion, is when uh, it's the state of, hey, I'm happy and I'm grateful where I'm at, you know, but to understand that where my roots came from and I'm humble. And so what I'm thinking about is the idea of humble winnings is uh, humble things make me happy, right? So humble things make me happy. Why? Because I became, I came from humble beginnings, and I think it's that root foundation of like, hey, where did I come from? You know, my parents raised me and 
um, did the best that that, that they could. And I, I know where my town is. I know my friends. I know my roots and where they came from. And in those things of when I was growing up, what made me happy? You know, simple things, just uh, delicious food, a good time with my friends, a good walk in the park. And when I was little, those small things made me happy. Why? Because it, it made me happy. Like, I was a small kid and I enjoyed those things, but because I came from humble beginnings that now it's the same things that I enjoy, walk in the park or a nice meal, you know? And so when I'm talking about self-exploration is, why don't we just ask small questions about, hey, um, you know, how would I think differently if I did one thing a little bit differently? And to veer off into another topic of how we can expand into success, how we can expand to improvement um, is just that. Trying one thing a little bit differently. And I think this goes hand in hand with my ambidextrous journey because how I learned about it was I would do something with my right arm and then I would try with my left arm a little bit differently or vice versa. I would do something with my left arm first and then I would try with my right arm a little bit differently. And what I noticed is over time, my brain started to think a little bit differently. I would get headaches once in a while because I would flex my left arm muscles in a weird way. I was born right-handed. I was right-handed all my life, just to get that out of the way. Um, so now I'm trying to learn how to use my left hand. That's why I get headaches sometimes. Anyways, uh, after trying something out a little bit differently, I realized, wait, let me try that way, but even a little bit more differently again. And let me think about specific things. Let me think about school. Let me think about how to solve this math problem. Let me think about how to solve this puzzle. Let me think about how to... Um, you know, what, what kind of clothes I want to wear that day, how I want to express myself musically in my beatbox or a dance, you know? And so with that being said, with those ideas, the amount of growth and learning I accumulate over time is very fast because with humans and how our we biologically work, it's small, consistent changes over time. Our body can consume a lot of small things at once, but many big things we can only take once at a time. And I think with that being said, we can do small challenges per day in order to expand our mind and expand ourselves. What I mean by that is a very small challenge. Hey, I'm going to do homework for 30 minutes after I do 30 push-ups. That's my challenge. That's my goal. Um, And after you accomplish that challenge, you realize, wait, I'm stronger than before I was. But also, let me do this challenge a little bit differently. Let me do uh, three minutes push-ups and then 10 minutes of homework. Right, And then it's the next day, okay, let me do 15 minutes of homework and two minutes of push-ups. So it's doing the same thing but a little bit differently in that it's a small enough change of routine but not big enough to make us go crazy. So when I say many small changes are able to happen for um, humans to consume, what I mean is within us uh, a, a reasonable standpoint of like that 30 minutes that I was talking about, then we can work within that within our comfort but then slightly expand that comfort zone and so what i'm I'm saying is uh many of us get into a routine of okay wake up brush my teeth uh get ready for work and then go to work and then come home um but there's no change in the routine over time it becomes consistent and then we go on autopilot and then that's how small problems arise because we want drama in our life but what I'm thinking about is if we are able to consistently, you know, overcome small challenges, 
Not only are we challenging ourselves, not only are we expanding our minds, not only are we expanding ourselves, but also we are, not to say prevent or save, but we are helping ourselves not worry about small things. That little stain on the carpet, that little smudge on the shirt. Um, what, how do I look today? What's my outfit? Um, you know, little small things like that. Uh, is there a scratch on my phone? Um, you know, other small situations that are, are inconvenient to us that we think about on a daily basis. How does my hair look? You know, what kind of shoes am I wearing? Do I smell good? My perfume? Does my breath smell okay? When in retrospect, yes, we are all thinking those same things. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, like at the end of the day, when everyone else goes to bed, in reality, what we are are are, are doing is because we haven't overcome any you know euphoric wins. We haven't overcome any obstacles, and so those quote unquote things become our obstacles. But in reality, they're not. What I mean by that is just because your breath smells bad doesn't mean you can't play your instrument. Just because your breath smells bad doesn't mean you can't talk to people. It just it's our fear of what um, other situations that happen because that is a quote-unquote challenge before anything even happened that we have to overcome. And I think that stems like a lot deeply rooted into, okay, how did anxiety ever develop in our generation or my generation? What I'm thinking about is how anxiety developed was um, this idea of physically and biologically, like we were safe in our homes, you know, but our brain went into flight, flight, freeze response during school um, because we were always tired. And if you think about like how sleep works and with, um, you know, before cities grew and before technology and lights uh, fill up the city it was a natural cycle of sleeping when the sun was gone and then waking up when the sun rose and the sun's gone for like 10 plus hours and everyone is drained at around 3 o'clock of the day is because that's that you know 12 hour period where okay the sun's dimming down let's get ready to sleep that's why many of us get hungry around that time as well because that's when the sun's going down so many hunters have to get food to eat before they go to bed you know and with that being said, what happened is because we didn't have to fight like and, 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 and live that way anymore because of artificial lights, then now we had to find new challenges, quote unquote, new challenges to overcome. So those new challenges were my breath smells bad. I can't talk to anyone. Those new challenges were, oh, my shoes are mismatched. Now I can't hang out with people anymore. Or, oh, I look ugly today because my hair is messy. It's part a different way. Or the scratch of my iPhone is super annoying. I had to buy a whole new screen. When in reality, those things physically will not harm us. But because our body and our brain need to, quote unquote, overcome challenges to make us feel alive. Does that make sense? When a human body overcomes a challenge, it feels alive. And when we don't challenge ourselves in a healthy, productive way, that's how we can have those tendencies of, oh my goodness, my hair is messy, I can't go out. Oh my goodness, I don't have chewing gum, I can't talk to people, my breath smells bad. Or, oh my goodness, like, uh, th- there's creases on my shoes. Or, oh my goodness, um, you know, small problems like that. And in reality, if we redirect that energy to, hey, why don't I just make small challenges for myself? Like in the morning, just let me try to do five push-ups, and that's a challenge. And boom, I achieve it. Congratulations. 
or um, before I uh, go downstairs for breakfast, I'm going to try to walk backwards down the stairs. That's something very small. And after we overcome those challenges, it's like subconsciously our body's happier, but we did productive challenges because walking backwards down the stairs helps out our glutes, right? Because doing five push-ups will help me uh, in my posture, you know? And doing small challenges, right? Like today I'm going to try to read 25 words instead of 20 like yesterday in a book. Or today I'm going to try to read 21 chapters instead of 20 chapters like yesterday. And it's these very small, extremely small challenges that are a better redirection of energy than, oh, look at that stain on the glass. Oh, look at the stain on the carpet. Oh, I can't wear mismatched socks. Oh, look at my pimple on my face. You know, those little small things won't matter because we redirect the energy into, hey, let's overcome positive challenges. Let me try to drink uh, seven wa- uh, glasses of water today instead of six and a half, right? Let me try to um, buy uh, a healthier choice um, at the grocery store instead of buying two bags of cookies I'll only buy one and then I'll buy a low fat carb cookie you know and it's to challenge ourselves to do these productive things to help us and not, uh, to help us redirect that quote unquote flight flight freeze response negative energy that we get that makes us tick over small things so um, I don't know about y'all but this is definitely a topic that I've learned a lot about since I've started practicing like my ambidextria journey is because I tried doing mundane things. I've tried brushing my teeth with my left hand. I've tried, um, you know, uh, flipping a page with my left hand. I've tried, you know, when you read, and instead of using my right arm to track, track the reading, I use my left arm to track the reading. And what I noticed is my brain thinks differently. When I'm using my left arm to read, I'll scan. And then I'll have to read a sentence three or four times. But then when I use my right arm, I can read everything only once because I'm very analytical and I'm focused. So with the left arm, I creatively find out ways. How can I summarize these chapters? With my right arm, I'll figure out, okay, let me just read it, power through it. You see what I'm saying? And it's these little small challenges that we overcome. Plus, it's a self-exploration of our body. Plus, it's, well, just for me personally, the uh, epidextria journey I'm saying all of this is uh, just to combine to make us understand that hey there's a lot more out there for us to learn and a lot more in control like we have much more in control than we think because once we realize that those little small things don't matter anymore then we redirect our energy towards something that we want to we redirect our energy towards going to bed earlier we redirect our energy towards hanging out with our friends and really enjoying and being present in that moment. We redirect energy towards texting um, and uh, catching up on our parents, you know? And so that idea of, you know, the little small problems, it's not that they don't exist. It's just our mind made it exist. You, you see what I'm saying? Like, the stain on the glass was never a problem earlier, but then my mind made it a problem. Why? If I redirected that energy into, hey, why don't I actually, like, um, you know, challenge myself and read a book about glass and read a book about, you know, and, and meet people that make glass and try to get a really nice mural. Then that glass isn't a problem anymore. You've changed that glass into let me learn about myself so I can learn more about glass because glass is a cool thing, you know. 
or if there's a scratch on my phone and I want to get rid of it. Rather than complaining and calling and getting upset, why don't I learn about it? Because it's interesting to expand my mind and, and, and understand that, hey, you know, those early things I mentioned, self-exploration, like the earlier thing I mentioned about uh, humbling ourselves. And then we realize, wait, I'm not so nervous anymore anymore because I've redirected all that nervous, not all of it, but I've redirected some of that nervous energy into a productive way just by a little bit of a, of a, like a small switch in the mind. What I'm saying is um, in opportunities where there are, are for us to like expand and, 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 and learn and really reach our potential, why do humans consistently stop ourselves? You guys have ever experienced that where we are able to do something and we are committed to it, but then at the last second we think, oh, I can't do it, and then you stop. If we were to 100% commit into something that you care about, let's say there's a track star that's running, who's hurtling over the, the high bar, or someone that's running their 200-meter dash, they're ready for it, but then when they hear the gun go off and they, they see the person next to them go faster, they immediately lose hope. Oh, I can't win. Versus if they were to focus all of their energy into, hey, I've practiced all my energy. I can get first place. No one else matters except for me in this race. Let me beat my PR. What if your PR was a faster time than that person next to you? And if you just committed all your energy into a PR, you might have beat the person next to you. Because the person next to you, they weren't giving no Fs about no one else around them except for themselves. Except for let me beat my, let me win my PR. Let me achieve a higher level of myself. And what happens is when we ask more questions about ourselves, when we learn more things and we overcome these challenges and we have more human euphoric wins. And we're back. Sorry about that. Uh, my parents just needed something. So it's to overcome these humanistic euphoric wins and that we realize, oh, the little small problems that there, like the scratch on the phone, the mismatched socks, the stinky breath, they don't go away. They don't go away. Okay, they're still there, right? They just don't matter anymore because it's not going to harm us in any way. You see what I'm saying? Like, just because I have bad breath doesn't mean I'm going to inhale oxygen and choke on toxic gas. Or just because there's a stain on the glass doesn't mean the glass is going to break and then it's going to come and hit me. Or just because um, my socks are mismatched doesn't mean that, um, you know, I don't know, like, my socks are mismatched and then now the colors are going to bleed into my feet and then the colors are going to bleed wrong and then my feet are going to get stained and I'm going to get sick. And so what what happens is by having those humanistic euphoric releases, the things that used to bother us before quite simply don't bother us anymore. And it's too, uh, if any of you have heard this phrase where it's like make, it's like work, or work hard now and then make life easier later. I take inspiration from Jim Quick. If any of you know Jim Quick, he's a, uh, brain hack master from mind valley so he has a book um and everything about how to learn faster and how to unlock your super brain your, your supercomputer, as he calls it uh your main cpu you know the processor anyways one of the things that he was saying is if any of you have noticed we're in school or something where if you worked harder now it was easier on later and so for school if we were to study really hard or in class then we have less homework to do at home or by working out, 
um, if we were to work really hard at the gym today, then the next day you feel a lot stronger and you're able to move and maneuver during sports a lot easier. Um, or if you were to sleep really hard today, you know, sleep really hard, uh, and then you would wake up feeling much more refreshed. And slow. Uh, and so what Greg was kind of rep- uh, presenting the idea of is, if that's the case, then the idea of living as a human should be to make life as easy as possible. And it's not going to be easy because life is hard AF. We all know that. But what I'm saying is, if we are able to work hard now, it's in order to make our future selves have to work less to make it easier. So by reading that 21 pages instead of 20 pages, you're making yourself able to read less pages later on. By doing that five push-ups in every single morning, then you're able to do 50 push-ups easier later on. If you walk down backwards the stairs every single time, then when you are in a volleyball sport, you're able to, you know, spring up a lot easier because your glutes are stronger. And so what I'm saying is, it's not even that much of a big, big challenge. They're not very big or hard things to overcome. It's just small changes that the body can accept, but in reality, consistently over time, exponentially result into big growth, big change. So for the human body, it's small, consistent changes over time that equal big exponential growth. What I call that is practicing slow in order to get fast results. Shout out to my high school French horn music teacher who taught me that. What she told me is, Sean, if you practice very, very slowly, and that is how I correlated it to making myself challenges. So for my challenges for a daily life, I can apply them to things that I care about, right? If I want to get better at dancing, I'll do something in a specific way that I think can help my dancing. Like brushing my teeth counterclockwise compared to my shoulder, moving it clockwise, you know? If I'm a volleyball player, walking backwards down my uh, stairs is going to help my glutes over time. If I'm a gamer, those push-ups are going to help my posture, you know? And so what I'm saying is not only are we overcoming these challenges to better ourselves, but there's a purpose for them. And that's the power of why. And I've done a lot of uh, podcasts and videos about the power of why. Um, But I just wanted to say to everyone out there that I hope everyone has a good rest of their 2021 you know, um, a lot to unpack in this episode, which is very good. I know I'm going to listen to this episode again. But anyways, I want everyone to take care. Happy New Year's, Merry Christmas, Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Holidays, Merry Holidays. And I just want everyone to have a great rest of the 2021. If you've been here before, welcome back. And if you're new, welcome to the SLC family. Uh, everyone, have a good one. Peace out, y'all.